Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Leon from Sales Fuel, and they've released a new product called Team Trade that we're going to be talking about. I can't wait to learn about it myself and also learn about the business case or the use case for why people purchase Team Trade. Without any further ado, Lee, would you do us a favor and introduce yourself, Sales Fuel, and then this new product, Team Trade? Well, thank you for having me on, William. Really sure. appreciate that. I'm C. Lee Smith. I am the CEO and founder of a company called Sales Fuel. We are a sales research firm. We have a multi-million dollar company based in Columbus, Ohio, that I founded back in 1989. Uh, we have some very recognizable names as clients, uh, whether they be uh, probably your cable company, uh, your, your daily newspaper, your local television station, uh, you name it. Uh, we, we have a lot of media and uh, communications and agencies as clients, as well as real estate agents, home builders and the like, uh, hospitals, et cetera. And uh, so our company is all about sales research. So what we do is we help salespeople uh, become more credible uh, in the marketplace, be more perceived as more credible by uh, their prospects and, and their accounts by being helpful and, and not acting like every other salesperson that's out there. And so what led us to do uh, team trait was, you know, you, you, you don't run a company for 30 plus years without making a bad hire along the way. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we found not, you know, not only for ourselves, but also a lot of our clients, since we work with sales departments is, you know, that sales is really the hardest position to hire for because salespeople have the gift to gab. They can spin numbers. They can you know, make it look like, you know, every, everything that a salesperson will tell you is their personal highlight reel. You know, you never see the ups <laughs> and downs or anything like that. And what happens is sometimes is that they end up selling you. And so you end up falling in love with a candidate. And, you know, really what we needed was a, some sort of checks and balances. That, and we thought that data would be the way to go with that. And, uh, you know, and so, yeah, there are other assessment platforms that are out there, but they didn't give us really what we wanted to see and what we wanted to know about a salesperson. And specifically, when we want to know more about, you know, do they have the aptitude to be, you know, do they have the knowledge of the craft to be good at it? Because like we do the same thing with IT people, right? We want to make sure that they know how to code and know about systems and everything like that. Same thing applies to sales. And yes, we definitely wanted to know, we didn't, you know, yeah, the, the behavioral assessments are out there. That's fine and good. It's a good first step. But we wanted to know more about not only how they behave, but also you know, what their work tendencies are like, how they perform under pressure, uh, how to motivate somebody like that. It's extremely important in sales and marketing roles. Uh, and when it comes to marketing, how, how creative uh, are they? Can they be? So sales and marketing is really uh, our wheelhouse. And so that's why we created Team Trait to really uh, help people hire, promote, and uh, really optimize their talent in those areas. I love that. And you know, I love it because it's, it's a natural extension of, of sales fuel of all the things that you've learned through these years, you've basically said, okay, you know, the, you know, let's actually look at, you know, not just the skills, let's look at some of the behaviors, let's look at personality, let's look at like what does, what makes a great salesperson. And 
qualitatively, quantitatively, mm-hmm. let's actually do this objectively. It gets people out of making those, you know, poor decisions just based on falling in love with a candidate, which we all do. Yeah. But if you do, do this, uh, like you, like you said, with, with developers, you know, they, they, there's all kinds of great assessment tools that s- assess the skills mm-hmm. of, of developers and, and, and engineers. So take us into, so let's, let's just dump, run, jump right into uh, team trade itself. So now we know the genesis of why it was built and, uh, and what it does. How are people using it? So really they're, they're using, so for salespeople, they're using it then to assess, yes, the skill set of the salesperson, but also then the behavior, the motivation, the critical thinking, leadership skills, uh, and also emotional stability uh, of, of the salespeople. And, and, it, and the thing that, you know, we've learned obviously is that, uh, you know, job history tells you where they've been, but it's their mindset that tells you where they're going. And, you know, they might have been a great salesperson four or five years ago, but life events have happened and changes in priorities and things like that. COVID happens, for example, and all kinds of things like that happens. And maybe they're not the same salesperson they were uh, when, when you looked at their LinkedIn profile, assuming that their LinkedIn profile is totally truthful, which is another matter for another time. Uh, but uh, so really what we wanted to do there is combine those assessments and to get a full comprehensive picture of, of who that salesperson really is in terms of their skill set and their mindset uh, and, 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 and applying that toward the job going forward. So how people use this then is to help uh, help them hire better salespeople, yes, but also once they have them hired, uh, you know, how do we optimize them? How do we get the most out of them and help them through slumps, for example? And then uh, from there, another interesting use case that, that, that we've seen lately is because of uh, talent shortages, particularly in sales, because the younger generations aren't really, really crazy about going into sales uh, for multiple reasons, is that we're seeing uh, a lot of HR people, for example, use us then for promoting from within and finding uh, g- good people, you know, maybe in customer service and marketing and public relations, operations, people, people in other departments, though, that are uh, really good with dealing with other people and 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 maybe uh, considering them for a sales position. And so they're using our tool for that as well. What's, uh, you know, as you're assessing for um, the salesperson's kind of skill level, um, are you also looking at sales management? And the reason I ask this mm-hmm. is a common mistake that I, I know you've seen. <laughs> I, know I know where I've you're going here. <laughs> is, you know, Jimmy's Jimmy's just killing it on quota always kills it on quota. Let's promote Jimmy to manager and Jimmy fails miserably. So are we also looking, uh, or is, 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 do you see kind of a future path to also evaluate whether or not someone has the attitude or aptitude for management? It is a key part of, of the team trait product because management is a completely different skill set than sales. And so, yeah, you have to have confidence, positivity, problem solving ability and everything like that in both roles. But, you know, the traits that we look for, and we, we, we combine all those assessments and actually come up with 120 different professional and behavioral traits. So, but the, the traits that you look for in each sales position is different. And certainly when you're looking at different marketing positions, that's different still. But then when you combine that, then with those positions compared to management level things, Totally different skill sets. So we look a lot at leadership traits, uh, how they are at uh, developing people, for example, and, and leadership and delegation 
and uh, and empathy, things like that, that become uh, agility, problem solving, of course, still very, very big up there, uh, you know, that we look for in managers and leaders. So that, yeah, the, a big way in which people have used us also as well as like, yeah, before they promote that star salesperson into sales management, they actually take a look at the, the team trait profiles. And, you know, what that allows you to do is that, you know, if you make a bad hire there, the problem of it is, is that if you try to demote somebody who that you've promoted to management and they're just not working out, well, you know, to a salesperson, that's a blow to the ego. Right. And that's not going to happen. So what happens is you've lost one of your best salespeople and you still have to fill that management position all over again. So what what is the uh, the old way we used to classify salespeople, there was a harvesters and farmers. Or... Farmers, yeah, yeah. So you have farmers and hunters. Farmers and hunters. Yeah. So first of all, is 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 that true from the way that when team trait, when you look at this, are there true? Or is it is that kind of a that dichotomy between the two? Is that do you see that play out? It's a little bit new, more nuanced than that, right? I mean, it's okay. like it, 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 it's one of those things where these days, uh, for example, like you used to have inside sales and outside sales. Well, now right. since, since COVID, everybody's in inside sales. 75% of sales calls are being made inside, not Good outside, point. even if you're outside sales. So you know, to that end, it's like, uh, you know, you will have certain positions that, you know, that are definitely hunters, your sales development reps, for example, and you'll have certain positions, though, uh, like account managers that, that, are, that are more farmers, and then you have some that are hybrids of both. So it's like, I don't know that everything really fits in neatly into the categories of hunters and farmers. And we've had several clients that have tried to do that. Right. And it hasn't really worked out all that well. So you really have to look at each individual position and the responsibilities for that. And then apply then the mindset traits, behavioral traits, and skill set then for, for each one of those and, and make your uh, evaluation accordingly from there. So uh, when we look at team trait, do we, we're assessing for all, all kinds of fun stuff. Is there, is there a skill around closing? Is there something that is, is there a multitude of skills? Is there a combination of skills or is yeah. there something? Absolutely. I mean, see, the thing about closing that a lot of people don't know is they, they think it's about, you know, it's, they think it's about yeah, asking for the order and overcoming objections and, right. and, and, and all that. But the reality of about good closers is that it really begins at discovery, because if you ask smart discovery questions and you get the information right up front, you're getting their answers to those questions and you know, tell you, you know, what they're thinking is and allow, gives you the ammunition to overcome objections in and actually to be a better closer. So it really is, it, it, it's, Closing is really not a stage. It, it, it's part of the sales process. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say always be closing because like that, that seems to be that's that's trite and trivial for those of us in the sales industry. But but, yeah, it really it's closing really starts at the discovery stage. I love that. That's that's a nugget right there, Lee. Um, when when folks use team trade, are they looking for a skill? Like, is it personalized? Were they looking for a particular skill? Um, or, or can they stack rank and say, okay, these are the things that are important to me or, or is it, is, is it, is it not, I mean, is it, is it standard? Like, okay, yeah, this is you, what a good salesperson looks you like. You can use it. However, any of those, uh, use cases that you just mentioned, one of the things that we have that makes us different is, is the four fits simulator Four mm -hmm. fits. And the idea that with sales and marketing, we look at, we look at four fits, we look at, you know, job fit. Then we look at manager fit, and I really want to talk about a moment about that real quick. We look at customer, well, we look at company fit, not company culture, but company fit. And then we look at, at customer fit. 
And, you know, all of those things together then actually give you a good score. Yes, but on the job fit, yeah, we have pre-programmed 20 different types of sales jobs. We have 10 different types of marketing jobs. Then we have uh, management jobs, company leadership as well. Uh, and then, of course, we have the ability then for you to create your own positions then because we've had other people that say we really love this stuff. We want to be able to use this in other departments. And so we will allow them to do that as well. But really, our specialty is sales and marketing. Uh, and so, uh, but that's the, the four fits is really what makes us different. So the manager fit is fascinating because we don't just assess then the candidate, but we assess the manager as well. And we look for potential problem spots. And then if the manager, the, the manager knows what they're getting into, if the manager feels like, yeah, I can manage that and be intentional about that and navigate that, that, you know, then that's great. But if they find like, nope, that's a non-starter for me. It's like, that's going to be a constant headache or a thorn in my side. Uh, that allows that person then to know that, you know, uh, from a chemistry aspect of it, a compatibility issue, whatever, that, that, that might just be too big of a hill to climb. And so that's something that sometimes gets overlooked is that we look so much at the job fit and we don't really look at the, you know, the number one person that can cause that person to resign. <laughs> or that number one person that can cause that person to flourish, which is their direct supervisor. I love that. Now in uh, a B2B versus B2C, is, are you, do you see certain skills kind of get highlighted more in one or the other? Yeah, absolutely. Because in B2B, you have, it's a longer sales process. Mm -hmm. you, know, uh, B2, you know, B2C or whatever tends to be very short. Uh, a lot of it's done online. I mean, a lot of B2B is also being done online these days before a salesperson even talks to them. It's like the, the, a lot of work's been done online, but even, you know, you can actually make the full purchase and everything like that on, on B2C online uh, or, or it's more inbound. Let's put it that way. Whereas sales, it, it can also be more outbound. So you, you have that, but it's a longer process. Uh, it takes a longer period of time. So it really requires you to be uh, very uh, intentional, cons consultative, uh, and also then credibility becomes a really big issue for salespeople when, when we're talking about B2B. Uh, so it's credibility is basically uh, who can provide me, who do I trust to provide the guidance and the information that I need to be able to make smart decisions in my everyday life. And so uh, if, if a salesperson is, is, you know, is known, is, is they, are they likable? Are they, are they trustworthy? Most importantly, are, are they helpful? Uh, and, and they can demonstrate that. Uh, then that's super important in, in the B2B where you really don't have time to form those types of relationships sometimes in B2C. So someone that wants to own sales and marketing could be B2B or B2C. Do we, do we have a way to assess whether or not they can, because you know, they're, they're different clearly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. Um, do we have a way to assess whether or not someone has the capability? Again, you're looking at aptitude and attitude do you do you have an ability to then suss out the people that want to own marketing, let's say, but maybe don't have the skills to own marketing? Yeah, we 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 do that. I mean, for example, in sales, like we have separate categories for retail sales, for example, than mm -hmm. we do then for B2B sales, uh, because we have some retail sales uh, chains, if you will, as clients. So we've been having to do that. And I think what's really interesting about the question you just asked is that sometimes we might find that uh, someone wants to go into sales because they go into sales for the wrong reasons, because they can make a lot of money and everything like that. Whereas they have a great mind for marketing, but they're not necessarily, you know, that thrilled with the sales game. And they don't, either. they don't have the hustle. They don't like the rejection. They don't like, 
you know, sometimes the way the way salespeople are treated, you know, due to, you know, all the other previous salespersons that a buyer has encountered. And so, you know, they don't like the quotas, that sort of thing. And so we find they might be a better fit for marketing. And so that's why we combine the two, because uh, it can go both ways. You could have somebody that, that that's really good in marketing and understands brand messaging and like that and can personalize that. Uh, for an individual, you know, then th th they might have a career in sales because sales these days does not require an extrovert. Introverts, there's never been a better time for an introvert to get into sales. BDRs, tell us a story about the skills that make uh, fantastic BDRs. BDRs require a lot of hustle, a lot of initiative, a lot of resilience because you're going to I mean, uh, this is, I'm speaking directly to your heart here, I think, you know, this is, a, and I, that's where I got started too. I got started off in new business development. So new business is something that, that I love doing. Uh, you know, it, it you know, that, this is really going after new accounts, bringing them in. And, you know, it's really about uh, first, again, the, it starts with the credibility so that when they, when 63% of, of people will, will check the LinkedIn profile and do a Google search, on a salesperson before even agreeing to take a call or a meeting. So we can, before we can even do the discovery process, for example, and find out what problems we, they need to solve and, or what goals that they need to accomplish. Uh, you know, it starts with, it's first and foremost, so credibility is, is the number one thing that, that a BDR needs to have. Uh, and again, that is not a personal trait. That is something that is different with every account that, that, that's out there. We can measure whether someone has a natural inclination to be credible, but uh, you know that's going to vary from account to account and prospect to prospect. But certainly positivity, high drive. Uh, when we talk about, you know, it's not about just identifying the problems. We need to be able to solve the problems, and uh, you know, and then, then from there it gets very role specific and very company specific as far as what they what they look for and what they're selling. Because if you're selling a product that's very technical or medical or has a lot of regulations and like that, you know, you really need to be a lifelong learner and you really need to be very detail oriented. Uh, whereas if you're not selling that, uh, you know, then there are other, uh, other traits that come into play. So I can see team trait being kind of a screen in screen out and potentially even a retention tool. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, I mean, you know, when you're talking to folks and your team's talking to folks, how do they position it with folks? Yeah, I mean, it is certainly a screening tool. We recommend that, that that we price the tool on the enterprise level then to give you unlimited number of profiles. And we do that so that you'll use the tool then before you do the interviews, because why waste an HR person's time and a sales manager's time and another person's time doing interviews with people that you're, you're never going to hire? And so uh, time is the most precious commodity that everybody has these days, especially with, with labor shortage and people being short-staffed. So we definitely sell it in that way. That's when most of the incoming leads that we get are from people that are, that are looking for that. But yeah, definitely the team optimization is really important when it comes to team chemistry and how uh, certain teams work and play well together. How can you coach somebody in your one-on-one -on -one meetings then to be able to, to speak to not only their strengths, accentuating those, but you know, how can we then improve their, uh, you know, their areas of development or weaknesses as some people would call it. So we look at the team chemistry, but we also look at the one-on-one -on -one coaching, provide uh, guidance for that. We also provide guidance to managers then with, with they have situational difficult conversations, you know, whether it be, yeah, so praising them is a certain way that you praise certain people to, so that you're heard and that it resonates and gets the, the best effect. But if you're going to have a difficult conversation, you, you take a look at 
uh, you know, all of those factors in their profiles or whatever, we actually give you guidance then as far as what not to say, you know, what you, what you should say, and also give you uh, some advice that's specific then to, uh, you know, whether or not you are correcting somebody or incentivizing somebody, et cetera. So three questions left. One's, one's around sales leaders in particular. Um, it's been my experience that you've got sales leaders that love data and they're just kind of data wonks and they love mm -hmm. technology and they love, you know, Salesforce and all that stuff. And then you've got sales leaders that are more intuitive and they, they kind of trust their gut, less about data. They're more kind of a, they, they kind of know the craft mm -hmm. uh, almost innately and, and, you know, data, they're not afraid of data. They're just, that's not their thing. Um, how have you been, how has team trait been received by sales leaders? Yeah, and I think it's interesting you you put them into two buckets. So people that love data, love love our, our data. You know, they want to get down to the actual numbers. Uh, they want to take a look at the grades and everything like that, and, and to consider all of that. They're the people then that want to integrate us into their lever system or you know their applicant tracking system. You know, they they want to look at that. Uh, the sales managers, though, that are the seasoned veterans, is like mm -hmm. you know that that are into it. They go with their gut. Why do they go with their gut? Because they have a lot of experience, and they've been burned in the past. And they've also hired some great salespeople, and so they've learned from those experiences. Uh, what's challenging for us, basically, is getting them to understand: Hey, you know, you can use this as a as a tool then to reaffirm what your gut's telling you. Uh, or if your gut, you know, you know, your, you know, your gut's not always 100% correct. And, and when we come to a hiring decision, you know, today's bad hire is tomorrow's performance improvement plan. So it's like, you know, nobody wants to deal with that. So why not then take a moment to actually look at the data to kind of see if that squares up with what your gut's telling you. Uh, because, you know, if, if you're a veteran, you've been at it for a while, let's not discount, discount the, uh, the importance and the uh, the benefits of, of, of having that experience, you know, it's, you know, it's useful, but uh, you, you need to check some balances and actually make sure that uh, you're not being led astray. I like that. I, you know, I see a lot of that in HR and recruiting where it's data-driven decisions, but not at the expense of your, not at the expense of your experience and your intuition. Mm -hmm. So you, you do both. It's an Two art and science. things really go together. You should never use a profile, whether psychometric profiles or aptitude tests, basically, as the sole reason then for, for hiring or even interviewing somebody like that. It really needs to be a blend uh, of both you know, your personal experience, uh, your personal connection, and also then what the data is telling you. I love that. Second question was around benchmarking. Do you do you advise or do you do you see a value in walking into a, an organization and having all their current salespeople take team trait and uh, and sales leadership? Everybody just yeah. to kind of see like you know what 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 they're about. What absolutely what because there. that's where the, the coaching aspect of it comes in. That's when mm. you can take a look at you know, it's like hey someone's got some some talents here that are being underutilized or whatever, perhaps changing job responsibility or the roles on, on certain teams. So that's where the team optimization aspect comes into play. But also then if you can take a look at then who your highest performers are and take a look at what they have in common, uh, those benchmarks allow you then to hire better. But uh, the other thing is that, and then speaking of hiring, then you can actually take a look at a candidate then and where they score, compare that then to the benchmarks of the people you already have and tell us like, are, are they going to improve my team's abilities or skills in the, these particular areas? Or are they going to have a negligible effect or is it just really more of the same? 
So actually seeing how that person's going to contribute to your team and make your team better is a really good reason for doing that. So last question, this is going to be around diversity and inclusion. How do we, how do the practitioners wise, how do we use team trait to help us with our pipeline in terms of a diverse slate of candidates, you know, uh, and, and, and just having a more diverse kind of uh, front end of the funnel, if you will, uh, and also, you know, placement, you know, if, how do you see this being used uh, to help them kind of forward their, their, uh, their DNI goals? Yeah, so you, we have unconscious bias, we have confirmation bias, we have re- recency bias, everything like that, that go into it. And so this is where you really need to use the data as a checks and balances against those types of things. Right. Uh, so that, again, this is where, where it goes hand in glove. I, I also say that the assessments that are being used to create the profile then have all been validated to make sure then that certain uh, classes of uh, employees uh, are, are, you know, are not being misrepresented through the tool. So it doesn't matter whether it's male, female, black, white, Hispanic, you name it fr- from, from there, uh, age, anything like that. Uh, all of that then ha- has been scientifically valid then to make sure that the tool then is, uh, is, you know, is being equal to, and fair to everybody. So again, that's, I think, a good way then that the tool, tools can be then used then to neutralize any unconscious bias that, that might be there uh, and, uh, and also then to make sure that everybody then is taking the same test, the same assessments being administered the same way so that everybody has the same opportunity. I love it. Lee, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely wonderful. I love the product that y'all built and it's, it's, I can see it being super helpful for folks hiring salespeople. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, William. Absolutely. And thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.